Hello everybody. Welcome back. This week is Parashas Tetzaveh. And we're continuing the Halachas of Nida. And this week we will talk about the Halachas of Rechakis. The past two weeks we discussed how a person becomes a Nida. And then we discussed how to become Tahar through Shiva Nikim and Mikvah. And this week we'll discuss the Halachas of while a person is Asr, what, what applies. Now, Harchaka numero uno, the first and main Harchaka, is the prohibition to hug and to kiss and to sleep in the same bed. Now, that really is not technically a Harchaka. It's actually, that's an Isra uh, It's not a, it's not a Rabbana, it's not a Rabbinic uh, enactment to protect us from, from the Isra Nida, but rather it's something the Torah expressly forbids. And it's learned out of the uh, out of a pasuk El Isha Benidas Tomasa Loi Sikrivu. So Loi Sikrivu, Chazal understand to mean you can't come close, meaning you can't hug and kiss and sleeping in the same bed. So those aren't harchakas; those are actually surim. Then Chazal added a number of other rabbanan surim, which are those are essentially safeguards to protect us from getting too close and to guard and against any temptation to transgress the Isra of Nida. So it's safe to say that the same way Shabbos, our perception of Shabbos, right, we, we wouldn't consider it Shabbos if it would not have any of the Isura Durabanan, for example. If there would be no Muktza on Shabbos, if there would be no Isura to do business on Shabbos, all those things are Isura Durabanan. Um, but, you know, a Shabbos without all those things would just have a totally different look. It would just mean something else without Muktza, without doing business, and so all those all those other things which are in Isura Durabanan. And it's clearly those those drabanans preserve what the essence of Shabbos is all about. And likewise, the harchakis are really what preserve what the concept of nida is all about. And uh, the the length the length and the breadth and the 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 the, 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 the depth to where the chazal went with these harchakis testify to their deep understanding of the human psyche and how all the different ways that they created these harchakis are truly what makes keeping nida a manageable thing, and an easy thing, so to speak, whereas if a person doesn't keep harchakis, that's when it, it becomes very, very difficult. <clears throat> so there are four categories of harchakis. One are anything that falls under teach, uh, touching or passing. That's one category of harchaka. Another one is eating. There are different harchakas revolving around eating together. The third are the harchakas that apply in the bedroom regarding the beds. And the fourth is a category I like to call mutual activities, that different kinds of things you do together, <coughs> harchakas that are involved when you do those things together. So let's start with the first one. So as we said, hugging and kissing <coughs> is an isra but then Chazal added a bunch of other ones that are kind of uh, to distance us from from touching each other as an extension of hugging and kissing. So, <clears throat> touching for any reason is an isadrabanan. So, whereas uh, for a uh, a married woman to touch another man, not her husband, is only also when it's derechiba. But let's say if a person is a doctor, they may touch a married woman who's a doctor can touch a man, a married man can a man can touch a, a married woman uh, if he's a doctor because that's called the negia shaloi b'der chiba. It's touching not for the sake of chiba of any love or affection. It's touching strictly business. Um, but that does not apply to 
nida between a husband and a wife, there Chazal answered all forms of touching, any kind, regardless of the intent. So that's the the that's the the, the difference, and so to speak, where it's actually more chamer uh, by by nida than it is by an unmarried, uh, I mean an, an uh, unrelated man and woman. Uh, in addition, the iser of touching extends not only to touching each other, but also to touching clothing. So a man may not touch his wife's clothing while she's wearing it, and a, wi- a woman can touch her husband's clothing while he is wearing it. And then there is a question, but we, we are machmer on this, but there's a question about the clothing touching the clothing, which comes up when you're sitting in close proximity, like if you're on a plane and you're in seats right next to each other, or if you're in the back seat of a car, and due to the circumstance you have to sit next to each other, so then even if you're careful not to touch each other, it becomes very difficult, especially if you're wearing coats, that your clothing shouldn't touch your clothing. So B'Sha'as al you can be mekel on that, but L'Chadchila, that's something that a person should be careful with as well, that clothing shouldn't touch clothing either. Included in the Isser of, of uh, touching, the Chazal made an extension, passing, that you shouldn't pass things to each other either. So uh, some say that passing is Usser because it's a Gzeira, you might come to touch, and others say it's just an extension of touching, passing, so they, they included that. <clears throat> so you're not allowed to pass anything to each other. Throwing, according to Ashkenazim, is included in this as well. You can't toss things to each other, and Sephardim are mekel, I believe, on throwing. Now, the classic uh, place that it becomes complicated with passing is by a baby. So, <clears throat> so the, one exception to a baby is that when a baby is older, old enough that the baby can lean forward of its own volition, then we don't consider that passing. We consider that the baby is kind of going from one person to another, and that's allowed. Another um, exception, another leniency, is something my father-in-law heard from Rav Guzman, is that if um, this comes up a lot, is if a, if a woman wants to nurse the baby in the middle of the night, so her husband can take the baby and just place it on her, and then she'll grab the baby. But that's allowed. In other words, you can place the baby on, on uh, husband can place the baby on his wife, and that's not called passing the baby, it's just putting the baby down. And likewise, he can take the baby off, and that's not called passing, and that can be a very helpful thing um, uh, in, in, in middle of the night if, if you're, you're in the middle of, of nursing. Um, <clears throat> often, the, more often than not, it, it does present an issue, and uh, like when I teach Chassanim, I say it's more, usually a lot of these things can be helped with a little bit of foresight. So if you know you're going to be in an awkward situation, so if you see to it to put a car seat in between you so you can put the baby down and have the other person pick the baby up and you can avoid these kind of um, situations where you need a pass and you can't pass. So that's that's uh, true of many harchakas, that with a little, a little bit of foresight you can avoid a lot of... Um, Embarrassment, for example, if you are by a place where they're making havdalah, so husband and wife should not stand next to each other if they are anida, so that they don't have to get stuck with uh, passing the besam to someone else. So things like that. So a little bit of foresight can can help. Another uh, another extension of this halacha is also putting and taking something out of a tray or of a bag that the other person is holding. So if a woman's holding a bag, a husband shouldn't put something in. It shouldn't take something out of the bag. That's also it might be a, a an extension of passing, and you shouldn't you should you should avoid doing that if you can. Um, <clears throat> when you're pushing a a shopping cart, though, that's not included. That would be fine, because you could put something in the shopping cart the other person's uh, pushing, because you're not holding the shopping cart, you're just pushing the shopping cart, so that's fine. Likewise, a stroller, that's also okay. 
Um, what often people wonder is, are you allowed to carry something together? And the place where this comes up the most often is, let's say, a stroller up steps, right? So if uh, one person were to carry the stroller themselves up the steps, they, a lot of times, are endangering themselves and the baby. Uh, it's not, you could lose your balance. It's, it's uh, depending how big the stroller is, how big the baby is. So really, there's, carrying something together is not quite passing, and it's, it's not giving anything to each other. You're just holding something and moving it together. And it's not clear whether there's a problem with it. It's you talking that there's no problem with doing that. So we do tend to be more on, you know, if you can avoid it, you don't, shouldn't do it because there are places that hold it's a problem. So you shouldn't, you know, push a couch together. Do, if you can avoid doing things together, you should. But in the case I just mentioned, being that carrying a stroller is definitely something which is not a great idea to do yourself. It's, it's, there is some level of um, putting yourself at risk and the baby at risk. You should rather, that you could be making, you should actually do it together. One interesting um, example of passing, this really, this really falls under the next category of food, but I just bring it up over here, where typically, you know, if you pass something and you put it down, then there's no problem with passing, because you're not doing it directly, you're putting it down. The exception to that is by wine, where you're not supposed to pass wine to each other. Now, just to give you a little understanding of the Pshat and the Salaha, where there are some places you can hold it doesn't really apply, because really, the concept was something else. The concept was that you're passing Kaisal Bracha to your wife, because that was a special gesture that a husband used to do for a wife, because it was a big... Drinking from the Kaisal Bracha was uh, thought to help with fertility, and it was bringing Bracha to the woman, and there's a whole Gemara about it, that Rav Nachman's wife, whose name was Yalsa, got very insulted when he didn't send her the Kaisal Bracha, so it was something very special that a woman appreciated that her husband sent her to uh, some of the Kaisal Bracha. That's why it's a special act of Chiba, and therefore it doesn't have to do with whether you're passing it or you're putting it down, it's the fact that you're sending it. Now, that being the case, so some Paiskim hold that the fact that we drink from the Kiddush cup, that's that's different. We're not doing that. That doesn't. We do that for all our kids. It's not something special you do for your wife. So some can hold it doesn't really apply. But the majority of can do hold it. It applies. But what's important to realize is that that's only a problem if you're sending to your wife. So in other words, let's say you're at someone else's house, and the person who's making kiddush says, "Here, pass this to your wife." You can that you for sure can do. It's not a problem because that's that's not there's no chiba there or you know pass this to your husband there's absolutely no chiba involved you're just doing your shlichus you know you're you're being his proxy to pass it so that you certainly can do and uh, when you're doing also for a whole your whole family so you have a whole bunch of little cups and you pass it around and and you know by definition they send it to your the the wife gets first and then the other kids and that's also that's also okay um <clears throat> so uh and then the last um the last application of this is sitting on a, a swinging thing together. So like sitting on a, a swinging bench together or sitting on a boat that rocks together. So that's also a form of moving each other. So uh, so th- there's a few levels of this. So when you sit on, a, say, a couch, which has different pillows, so that's fine. If you sit on a couch, even if it's one big pillow, but it's kind of very stiff or very soft so that you don't really feel each other, that's also okay. Backseat of a car is also okay. But when you're sitting on a swing that swings, so that's a problem. And there, it's, it shouldn't be done unless you have someone sitting in between you. So if you have a child in between you, then that's okay. Okay, so that's the first category. Let's go now to harchakis that are, uh, revolve around eating. So 
eating together alone requires a hacker. Now, if you have children that are by the table, so then you don't have to do any hacker. If you have guests, you don't have to make any hacker. You don't have to put anything special. But if you're alone, and when I say alone, it means you're alone at your own table. Even, like if you're by a restaurant and you're eating at your own table, even though there's other people in the room, that does require a hacker. What is a hacker? A hacker could be any number of things. If you have place a, a place that you always sit, like when you're home, you could switch seats if that's an option. Um, another hacker could be you could put something in between you. The thing that you put in between you doesn't have to be huge. Uh, it just has to be something a little bit unusual and has a little bit of height to it. So a uh, credit card I don't think works, but anything with a little bit more height, you can put a watch, you can put even a pen, keys, your cell phone, hopefully that's not something that's usually on the table between you, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and anything like that could, uh, could work. Something that's typically on the table anyway doesn't really work. So if you move the salt shaker in between you, that doesn't really count as a hacker because it's, typically, it's typically there. So those are different options of, uh, of a hacker. There's another option where one uses a placemat and one doesn't, but those don't, I don't find that to be so relevant usually. So that's also another option of a hacker. Okay, then there's another halacha with food, which is um, a husband or a wife can't serve directly. So you can't serve food directly to each other. You can't place food right in front of each other. Um, so here, too, there's two ways that you can, you can do that. One way is that you put it down, but not directly in front. You put it a little bit over to the side. That's fine. Or you can switch hands. If you typically serve with the right hand, you do it with your left hand. That also is a good way of doing it. Another, uh, another form of... Um, <clears throat> of harchaka uh, that comes up with food is shirayim. Now shirayim is one of those interesting cases where it's something that only applies, it's a one-way problem, which means a husband can't eat his wife's shirayim. A wife could eat her husband's shirayim. Uh, what's interesting is, actually, if you learn through the sources about all the harchakas, essentially all the harchakas are there um, so that the husband should stay away from his wife. That's really the direction all the harchakas were made. So that's why in this case, it's, uh, a wife eating her husband's har- uh, shirayim has no effect on him, so that's, um, that's why that's not a, not a problem. But a husband can't eat his wife's shirayim. Uh, if he doesn't know it's his wife's shirayim, then there's no problem, and you don't have to tell him, because so, it's not like it's, 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 not like it's trafe, it's just that if he knows, it's a problem. So you don't have to tell him. And uh, what, what constitutes shirayim? It constitutes shirayim if it's in the same vessel. So if you drink from a cup, he can't drink from that cup. You drink from a can, he can't drink from a can. Uh, if, it's a sol- if you switch cups, it's okay. So if you drank from a can and then you pour it into a cup, he can drink from the cup. When it's a solid food, it doesn't really work. So if you ate um, something in solid, let's say so, uh, a piece of potato kugel, and then you don't want any more, he can't really eat the rest. So that's, that's an issue. But if someone eats from it in, the, in between, that's okay. So if your kid nibbles at it in the middle, then it's not your shirayim anymore, and then he actually could. Um, he, could, he could eat it. There's an extension to the halach of shirayim. It's not really halach of shirayim, but it's confused with it. And that's sharing. Sharing is different than shirayim, which means you buy a Danish and you want to share it. So that's not shirayim because nobody ate it first. You're both eating it simultaneously. You're breaking it in half and eating it simultaneously. So that's not really shirayim. Really, that's okay. Ramesha said you should be machra on that. So again, if it's doable, you should be machra on that. But if there's a shas of chak, you're in an airport and that's all you have, you can divide it up. You don't have to be machmer on that. Because again, that's not shirayim. You're just dividing something before you start. That's not essentially shirayim. Um, it's eating out of one bag or one plate is also an issue. Typically, this only comes up by sharing like a bag of chips or sharing a bag of popcorn or something like that. So you should not share one bag and you should 
both of you or one of you take out of the bag and put it in front of yourselves, keep it in your hand, and you know somehow try to make it that you're not both eating out of the same vessel, and then you can uh, this that's how you can get past the sister. So those are those are hachakis involving eating. Now let's move to the hachakis involving the bedroom. So in, <clears throat> here too, there's a difference between a husband and a wife, but it's a little bit less. Um, it's, a, it's a little bit less of a difference. So uh, a husband is not a sit on his wife's bed. He's not a lie on his wife's bed unless his wife is out of town. A, uh, a wife is a lot of sit and lie on her husband's bed, but she's not in front of him. So there is a little bit of a difference. But again, essentially that's a, a husband can't sit on his wife's bed. The, the beds have to be separate. How separate do they have to be? Again, they should be separate enough that your covers won't touch. So typically that's considered to be like a bed in arms length, like from your, you know, your elbow to your finger. That's a, a sufficient. Sometimes you find yourself in a bedroom where it's a little squishy, uh, you're a guest, and, and they're very close together. Essentially, as long as they're not actually touching, it's okay. So it's, there, there's no real minimum share. The idea is that your covers shouldn't touch each other, so you see to it that they don't, and as long as there's some, some separation between the beds, um, that's, uh, that's sufficient. Sometimes what people wonder is what exactly makes something the woman's bed. Um, so when you're at home, usually you have a bed, and it's your bed, so that's pretty straightforward. But when you're a guest, you might have picked a bed, but uh, then a day or two later, you decide you want to change beds for whatever reason. So it's hard to say that it becomes your bed just because you chose it for a day or two. Uh, if you're there for a long time, like if you go to your parents, your in-laws, and you're there for a week or two, um, so then perhaps it could be. But just for a day, you're in a hotel, and you're there for one day or two days, I don't think that becomes your bed. So you would be able to switch. Those are our focus regarding the bedroom. Okay, let's move on to the last thing, the harchaka of mutual activities. Um, so we, we mentioned a number, a number of them, but the, the typically what comes up is doing casual activities together. Um, and here, it's interesting, if you look through the contemporary svarim, there's a big uh, range about what some svarim consider a problem and others don't. And basically, let me give you the, the I think the idea is like this. Um, if uh, Chaim Kanievsky would have wanted to play tennis with his wife, um, <laughs> Zatzal, that would be Kalis Reich for Chaim Kanievsky. You know, for another, that would be something that would be inappropriate. It's not something I... I don't think he ever did that or ever would do that, but you get my idea. Now, for certain, for depending on what kind of level of, of um, interaction a husband and wife typically have, that will determine what is considered something a little bit more friendly, a little bit more casual, a little bit more romantic that is inappropriate. Whereas uh, something that is to your, in your, per, your particular specific relationship doesn't have any kind of, um, you don't find that to be as a, a very casual, leisurely activity, uh, so, for, exa for example, when we're talking about playing a board game together, right? For some people, that's nothing, playing a board game together. They, they would do it with anybody, and it doesn't, it's, nothing, it's not a special connection between a husband and wife. It's very nice if a husband and wife play a board game together. But it's just that doesn't, it doesn't specifically move into the category of something a little bit too romantic. Uh, whereas for some people, if they actually never do that, you know, and it's a big deal. If they do do that, then actually it might be questionable. So it's very subjective, that's what I'm trying to say. And uh, each person should have a little bit of an idea for themselves what is beyond the limit for them. For most people our generation, I don't think playing a board game is an issue. So that's, uh, that's not. Other things might be, you know, some more active sports might be. And again, that depends on the person. Taking a vacation is also, tip it's not really advised and not really a great idea when you're a uh, sir. 
Um, sometimes, unfortunately, when a person's on vacation, they become Aser unexpectedly. Uh, there's some kind of Murphy's Law with that. So <clears throat> that's, that is, that, when that does happen, you don't have to cut your vacation short. And here also, you just have to be careful about mutual activities that are inappropriate. So um, going swimming together, for example, is an, in a, that's, for most people, that's an inappropriate activity to do together. Even if you're all dressed theistic, it's just not an appropriate activity for a husband and wife to do, do together when, uh, when they're Aser. Giving gifts are something which ideally should be timed when you're mutter. But again, when the gift is something that's very time sensitive, like you know, for an anniversary or for a birthday, and it is time sensitive and needs to be given on that day, that is okay. Because it's not, again, it's, it's almost like an expectation, one would hope, <laughs> that a husband does for his wife, and therefore it doesn't move into the category of being something overly um, romantic. So that, I think, covers our four categories of our chakam.